ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with surah al-fajr when allah tests his servant if it is with giving him honor and bounties then the person says my lord has honored me but if it is with straightening his means of life then he says my lord has humiliated me al-shaykh al-thaymin rahimahullah ta'ala mentions al-ibtila min allah azza wa jal yakunu bil khair wa bil sharr that the tests and the trials from allah upon mankind they are either with affairs of goodness or affairs of evil that you may be tested with some blessing that you are given or you are tested by some hardship that you are given it could be either way the test from either side the test it mentions in the Quran ونبلوكم بالشر والخير فتنة that we will test you with the, the evil and with the good as a trial upon you. So the tests and the trials they are not specifically with difficulties. That is only one of the types of the tests and trials that we get. the difficulties and the hardships but on the other side the test and the trial can also be with blessings that you are given to see how you will behave when you are given those blessings from allah fayubtala al-insanu bil-khair liyabluwahu allah azza wa jal ayashkur am yakfur So a person is tested with blessings and bounties to see whether that person will be grateful and thankful to Allah for those blessings or whether he will deny and reject those blessings meaning that he denies and rejects them coming to him from Allah and he does not thank Allah and does not show his gratitude to Allah So which of the two will the person be when he is given blessings will he be grateful to Allah and thank Allah or will he be ungrateful and not thank Allah wa yubtala bisharr liyabluwahu ayasbir am yafjur and sometimes a person is tested with difficulties and hardship with the evil to see whether that person will be patient during those times or whether he will as they say lose it will he be patient during those times or will he lose his patience and become chaotic in his affair so when a person is tested with blessings it is to see whether you will be grateful or not and when a person is tested with hardship and difficulty and calamity it is to test whether you will be patient or not wa ahwalul insan da'irah bayna khayrin wa sharr and in your lives in our lives all of our circumstances and situations and everything we go through in life it is either 
something of goodness or it is something of badness. Either you are happy and joyful in your affairs or you are sad and grieving in your affairs. Those are the two that revolve and alternate between the people constantly. بَيْنَ خَيْرٍ يُلَائِمُهُ وَيَصِرُّهُ So either you are in happiness, something that is in agreement with you, every person wants to be in that joy and happiness, something that makes you glad, something that gives you joy, either you're in those kinds of circumstances in your life, وَبَيْنَ شَرٍ لَا يُلَائِمُهُ وَلَا يَصِرُّهُ or you are in a circumstance of difficulty and hardship and calamity that is not suitable to you. You do not want that and neither does it please you in any way. And all of those circumstances, whether you're in happiness and joy or whether you're in sadness and grief, all of those circumstances are a test and a trial from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْإِنسَانُ بِطَبِيعَتِهِ الْإِنسَانِيَّةِ الْمَبْنِيَّةِ عَلَى الظُّلْمِ وَالْجَهْلِ إِذَا بَتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ فَأَكْرَمَهُ وَنَعَّمَهُ يَقُولُ رَبِّي أَكْرَمًا And from the nature of mankind, from the nature of mankind, which is built upon, which is built upon oppression, and built upon ignorance, that when a person is tested or tried with blessings, then that individual says, Rabbi Akraman فَأَمَّا الْإِنسَانُ إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ فَأَكْرَمَهُ وَنَعَّمَهُ فَيَقُولُ رَبِّي أَكْرَمًا When the person is tested with honor and blessings and bounties given to him, then he says, My Lord has honored me. يَعْنِي أَنَّنِي أَهْلٌ لِلْإِكْرَامُ Meaning when he says, my Lord has honored me. He is thinking that he deserves to be honored. And he deserves those blessings. And deserves those bounties from Allah. He's deserving of that honor. He says, yes, my Lord has honored me. Thinking that he is deserving of it. And that it's his right to be given that. وَلَا يَعْتَرِفُ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ And he does not recognize the great virtue of Allah upon him, having given him those blessings and bounties. وَهَذَا كَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَ قَالَ إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي And this is like it mentions in another part of the Qur'an where he says, I was given that upon knowledge that I have. Meaning again, this is the example of a person thinking he is deserving of something himself and attributing that to his own right and his own self that he deserves it. Forgetting that this is the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لم يعترف بفضل الله وَمَا أَكْثَرَ النَّاسَ الَّذِينَ هَذِهِ حَالُهُمْ إِذَا أَكْرَمَهُمُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَنَعَّمَهُمْ قَالُوا هَذَا إِكْرَامٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ لَنَا لِأَنَّنَا أَهْلٌ لِذَلِكَ And how often this happens with how many people the shaykh says that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon you some blessing, some bounty, some honor, 
that the person says, indeed, yes, this is an honor for us because we are deserving of it. We are deserving of these bounties and these blessings and this honor. We are deserving of it. And this kind of attitude is obviously incorrect. This type of approach and character is incorrect. وَلَوْ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ قَالْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَكْرَمَنِي بِكَذَا اَعْتَرَفًا بِفَضْلِهِ وَتَحَدُّثًا بِنِعْمَتِهِ لَمْ يَكُنْ عَلَيْهِ فِي ذَلِكَ بَأْسِ But if a person was to say that Allah has blessed me with such and such, that Allah has bestowed upon me such and such, and that you are speaking of the great favors of Allah upon you. That isn't a problem. A person thanks Allah and speaks of the great blessings and favors Allah has bestowed upon you. You are acknowledging and recognizing that there are blessings from Allah upon you. That is okay, that is good. That is accepting and recognizing and attaching those blessings to Allah. Affirming and recognizing that they are blessings bestowed upon you from Allah. And speaking of those great favors of Allah upon you as a means of gratitude and thankfulness to Allah. That is okay. But the issue is when a person receives blessing and he says, yes, I am deserving of this blessing. Absolutely I've got it. I am deserving of it. That is wrong and that is incorrect. وَأَمَّا إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ فَقَدَرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقَهُ And then it mentions, but if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests a person by restricting his provisions, meaning the opposite now. Now you are tested with some difficulty. You are tested with a restriction in your provisions. Then in that case, Then he says, my Lord has disgraced me, or my Lord has humiliated me. When it is decreed upon him, some difficulty and restriction in his circumstances. Then he says, my Lord has degraded me, my Lord has humiliated me. يعني يقول إن الله تعالى ظلمني فأهانني ولم يرزقني كما رزق فلانا The meaning of that is that this person is basically saying Allah has wronged me by restricting my rizq by restricting my sustenance and provisions Allah has wronged me such and such so and so has been given the rizq, has been given the provisions, and Allah has restricted them upon me. It's as though He is saying, Allah has wronged me. Why am I being restricted? So you see the two ends, the opposite ends. The one given the blessings, says absolutely, me, I am deserving of these blessings. And the one who is not given it, says why? Why has Allah oppressed me and not given me blessings? And so and so has them. So in both cases they are speaking or their, their attitude is incorrect. فَصَارَ عِنْدَ الرَّخَاءِ لَا يَشْكُرْ يَعْجِبْ بِنَفْسِهِ وَيَقُولُ هَذَا حَقٌ لِي وَعِنْدَ الشِّدَّ لَا يَصْبِرْ بَلْ يَعْتَرَضَ عَلَى رَبِّهِ وَيَقُولُ رَبِّ أَهَانَ So when the goodness comes to him, he does not thank Allah. And when the difficulty comes upon him, he does not demonstrate patience. And they were the two parts of the trial. When you are tested with blessings, it is to see whether you will be thankful and grateful to Allah. He is not. And when you are tested with difficulty on the other end, it is to test whether you will be patient and he is not. أَمَّا الْمُؤْمِنْ فَلَيْسَ كَذَلِكَ As for the believer, then he is not like this. 
The believer does not behave in this way and does not have this attitude. المؤمن إذا أكرمه الله ونعمه شكر ربه على ذلك The believer if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses him and bestows him with good then he thanks Allah and shows his gratitude to Allah ورأى أن هذا فضل من الله عز وجل وإحسان And he knows that this is a virtue and a favor from Allah upon him and a goodness from Allah to him. وَلَيْسَ مِنْ بَابِ الْإِكْرَامِ الَّذِي يَقْدُمُ لِصَاحِبِهِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ مُسْتَحِقٌ And this is not this is not مِنْ بَابِ الْإِكْرَامِ This is not honoring a person الذي يقدم لصاحبه على أنه مستحق. This is not the type of honor that you give to a person whereby that person believes he's deserving of it and yes, absolutely, I've earned it. That is not the way. وإذا ابتلاه الله عز وجل وقدر عليه رزقه صبر واحتسب. And on the other end, a person when he is restricted in his sustenance and provisions, Then he demonstrates patience and hopes for the reward from Allah for his patience. وَقَالَ هَذَا بِذَنْبِ And instead he says, if he is restricted in his rizq, he says, this is because of my own sins. This is because of my own sins and my own doing. Not that he says, why has Allah restricted my rizq and given it to such and such and this is wrong and oppression. Rather, he looks at himself and recognizes his own shortcomings and says, this is because of my own sinning. And my Lord has not disgraced me or oppressed me by restricting my sustenance and restricting my provisions. Allah has not oppressed me or degraded me or humiliated me at all. فَيَكُونُ صَابِرًا عِنْدَ الْبَلَاءِ So that person is then patient at the time of being tested. شَاكِرًا عِنْدَ الرَّخَاءِ Grateful and thankful at the time of ease. When comfort and ease and happiness is decreed for him. He is grateful and thankful. وَفِي الْآيَتَيْنِ إِشَارَةٍ إِلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَتَبَصَّرَ فَيَقُولُ مَثَلًا لِمَاذَا أَعْطَانِ اللَّهِ الْمَالِ مَاذَا يُرِيدُ مِنِّي يُرِيدُ مِنِّي نَشْكُرْ These two ayat, they highlight to us that a person needs to reflect and to have some insight into his affairs so that when he sees himself in blessings, sees himself that Allah has blessed him and bestowed upon him his favors and given him plenty of rizq, sustenance, provisions, a person reflects on that and thinks to himself, Why or what does Allah want from me? Why has Allah bestowed upon me all of these blessings and favors? What does Allah want from me? And so when you think about that, you recognize and realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants me to thank Him, to be grateful to Him. And then at the same time, the other end, لِمَاذَا إِبْتَلَانِ اللَّهِ بِالْفَقْرِ بِالْمَرَضِ وَمَا أَشْبَهَ ذَلِكَ When you are tested and tried with poverty, or with illness, or other than that, from the difficult tests and trials, then a person thinks again, why or, or, or what? What does Allah want from me? 
this has been decreed upon me, this poverty or this ill health. What is it that Allah wants from me in this difficult circumstance that has been decreed for me? And so then a person remembers, يُرِيدُ مِنِّي asbir. That Allah wants me to be patient. That is what Allah desires of me in this test and this trial, to be patient. فَلْيَكُنْ مُحَاصِبًا لِنَفْسِهِ حَتَّى لَا يَكُونَ مِثْلَ حَالِ الْإِنسَانِ الْمَبْنِيَّةِ عَلَى الْجَهْلِ وَالظُّلْمِ So a person holds himself accountable and thinks and ponders over his circumstances and what Allah has decreed upon him. So that you do not end up to the likes of those who are on their, their natural behavior of oppression and of ignorance, that when goodness comes to them, they think, yes, it's because I deserve it. And they don't thank Allah. And when difficulty comes, they say, why has Allah done it to me? And such and such is getting everything. This is wrongdoing upon me. That is the likes of a person who is upon wrongdoing in and of himself, and upon ignorance in and of himself. He is the one who has that type of attitude. So then Allah says, Kalla Bella Tukrimun al Yatil. Nay, but you do not treat the orphans with kindness or generosity. You do not treat the orphans with kindness or generosity. يَعَنِي لَمْ يَعْطِيكَ مَا أَعْطَاكَ إِكْرَامًا لَكَ لِأَنَّكَ مُسْتَحِقُ وَلَكِنَّهُ تَفَضَّلٌ مِنْهُ وَلَكِنَّهُ تَفَضَّلٌ مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يُهِنْكَ حِينَ قَدَرَ عَلَيْكَ رِزْقَ بَلْ هَذَا مُقْتَضَى حِكْمَتِهِ وَعَدْلِهِ So initially when it says كَلَّا They translate it as نَيْ and that is a response to the two individuals. The one who is blessed and he says, yes, I'm deserving of this. And doesn't thank Allah. And the other one who is restricted and says, why am I being oppressed and doesn't be patient. Allah says to them, nay, you have not been blessed because you deserve it and have a right to it. And you have not been restricted because you've been wronged or humiliated in any way. Rather, this has occurred. You have been given blessings and you have been restricted due to the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not because you deserve it and you are upon some status for that. And not because you are being humiliated or wronged, but rather by the great wisdom and decree and justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is decreed and that is decreed. Then Allah tells or says, You do not show generosity and kindness to the orphans. يعني أنتم إذا أكرمكم الله عز وجل بالنعم لا لا تعطفون على المستحقين للإكرامهم اليتامى. So now Allah says to the ones who are given blessings and they are saying yes we are deserving of these blessings. Allah says but you are given these blessings and yet you do not feed the poor. You do not or the the orphans first. You do not. Show kindness to the orphans. You do not help and aid the orphans. You do not show generosity to the orphans. You have been given these blessings. And you say that we are deserving of them and these blessings. And you do not share or help anyone from the orphans with those blessings of yours. al yashmal الفقير من اليتامى والغني من اليتامى and this doesn't mean that it's only the poor orphans even the rich orphans 
The point here is you are not showing any generosity and kindness to the orphans at all. The poor ones or the rich ones. لِأَنَّهُ يَنْبَغِي الْإِحْسَانُ إِلَيْهِ وَإِكْرَامُهُ لِأَنَّهُمْ كَسَرَ قَلْبُهُ بِفَقْدِ أَبِيهِ وَمَنْ يَقُومُ بِمَصَالِحِهِ Because an orphan, whether poor or rich, is heartbroken. An orphan is the child whose father has died. So even if he's rich, that money does not fill the void in his heart for the death of his father. So now that emotion is in that orphan, that sadness is in the orphan from having experienced the loss of his father, whether he's rich or poor regardless. So he requires goodness towards him, generosity and kindness towards him. فَأَوْصَى اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بِهِ حَتَّى يَزُولَ هَذَا الْكَسْرِ الَّذِي أَصَابَهُ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that we must show this generosity and kindness to the orphans to fill that gap in their hearts now, that sadness in their hearts that they are experiencing from the death of their father. To help them to fill that gap in their hearts with kindness and generosity to them. This is the command from Allah. But Allah tells us here, these individuals, you do not do that. You are not doing that. And, وَلَا تَحَاضُّونَ عَلَىٰ طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ And neither do you urge one another to feed the poor. You do not urge one another to feed the poor. يَعْنِي لَا يَحُضُّ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُطْعِمَ الْمِسْكِينَ وَإِذَا كَانَ لَا يَحُضُّ غَيْرَهُ فَهُوَ أَيْضًا لَا يَفْعَلُهُ بِنَفْسِهِ And so if these people are not encouraging others to feed the poor, it means that they themselves won't be feeding the poor either. If they're not encouraging anybody else to do it, they're not going to be doing it themselves either. فَهُوَ لَا يُطْعِمُ الْمِسْكِينَ وَلَا يَحُضُّ عَلَىٰ طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ So this individual, this type of person, neither does he feed the poor himself, nor does he encourage others to do so. وَفِي هَذَا إِشَارَةٍ إِلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يَنْبَغِي لَنَا أَن نُكْرِمَ الْأَيْتَامُ وَأَنْ يَحُضَّ بَعْضُنَا بَعْضًا عَلَىٰ إِطْعَامِ الْمَسَاكِينَ So this indicates that we, it is uh, 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 required of us, and appropriate behavior from us that we are generous and kind to the orphans and that we encourage each other to feed the poor. This is what Allah is commanding us with, telling us about in this section of this chapter of the Quran. لِأَنَّهُمْ فِي حَاجَةٍ Because the orphans and the poor are in need. They are in need. وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي عَوْنِ الْعَبْدِ مَا كَانَ الْعَبْدُ فِي عَوْنِ أَخِيهِ And it mentions in a hadith that Allah (coughs) subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the aid of a servant as long as that servant is in the aid of his brother. وَتَأْكُلُونَ التُّرَاثَ أَكْلَ الْلَمَّا And then Allah mentions, and you devour the inheritance, all with greed. مَا يُوَرِّثُهُ اللَّهُ الْعَبْدَ مِنَ الْمَالِ سَوَاءً وَرَثَهُ عَنْ مَيِّتْ أَوْ بَاعَ وَاشْتَرَى وَكَسَبَ وَخَرَجَ إِلَى الْبَرْ وَأَتَى بِمَا يَأْتِ بِهِ مِنْ عِشْبُ حَطَبُ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ فَالتُّرَاثُ مَا يَرِثُهُ الْإِنسَانِ أو ما يورثه الله الإنسان من المال فإن بني آدم يأكلونه أكلا لما So the inheritance, it can be the actual inheritance or the other income that a person gains from various ventures that he may be engaged in. All of that wealth that comes in, it mentions you devour it with greed. That wealth that comes into you, that comes to you, 
from inheritance or other means, all of that you devour it with greed. You take it all and you desire it with greed. You want it. And you love wealth with a great deal of love. You love wealth with a great deal of love. A passionate love for wealth. And loving wealth is from the nature of mankind. It is from the nature of mankind to love wealth. لَكِنِ الْإِيمَانِ لَهُ مُؤَثِّرَاتُهُ قَدْ يَكُونُ الْإِنسَانُ بِإِيمَانِهِ لَا يَهْتَمْ بِالْمَالِ وَإِنْ جَاءَهُ شَكَرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَدَّى مَا يَجِبُ وَإِنْ ذَهَبَ لَا يَهْتَمُ بِهِ But there are some believers with their iman in their hearts, their focus is not on wealth. They are not bothered about money and wealth. When it comes to them, when they earn some or they receive some, they are grateful to Allah. And if they lose it and they don't have it, it doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother them not to be rich because of the iman in their hearts. And that is the way of the believers. That iman has an impact upon you. It takes away your focus from money and wealth and it doesn't bother you if your money decreases and your wealth decreases. But the greedy one, all his focus is on wealth and the love for this wealth and gathering that wealth and accumulating it. لكن طبيعة الإنسان من حيث هو كما وصفه الله عز وجل في هاتين الآيتين. But the nature of mankind is as Allah has described in these two ayat that mankind loves that wealth and loves and desires to accumulate that wealth, to devour it with greed. That is the nature of mankind. Uh, and the one who has iman though, can repel or, or remove that type of nature from himself, and not be focused and bothered about money or greed over money. Then it mentions, كَلَّا إِذَا دُكَّتِ الْأَرْضُ دَكَّنْ دَكَّا وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا Then it mentions, Nay, when the earth is ground into powder, and your Lord comes with the angels in rows. Nay, when the earth is ground down into powder, and your Lord comes with the angels in rows. Here now, يذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى الناس بيوم القيامة. So now in this section, Allah is reminding everyone regarding the day of judgment. إِذَا دُكَّتِ الْأَرْضُ دَكَّنْ دَكَّا حَتَّى لَا تَرَى فِيهَا عِوَجًا وَلَا أَمَتًا تُدَكُّ الْجِبَالِ وَلَا بِنَا وَلَا أَشْجَارِ تَمُدُّ الْأَرْضِ كَمَدِّ الْأَدِيمِ يكون الناس عليها في مكان واحد يسمعهم الداعي. It mentions about the affairs of the day of judgment that the earth will be flattened, it becomes as powder. There is no, uh, there is no bumps or any types. It is a flat plain. And there will be no discrepancies within that. And the mountains, they will be crushed. And there will be no structures and there will be no trees. It will all be as a flat plain. And all of the people will be on that flat plain of land. And they will hear the one who calls out to them and their eyesight will see 
وركز and it is on that day then that they will remember يَوْمَ إِذٍ يَتَذَكَّرُ الْإِنسَانُ وَأَنَّا لَهُ الذِّكْرَى On that day man will remember. But what will that remembrance avail him? What benefit and good will it do for him on that day? And that's when it will come later on in the chapter. يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي That if only I could return to my life. لَكِنْ قَدْ فَاتَ الْأَوَانِ On that day of resurrection then, the time has passed. The opportunity has gone. لِأَنَّنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا فِي مَجَالِ الْعَمَلِ وَفِي زَمَنِ الْمُهْلَةِ In this earth, we are in the time, the opportunity to do our deeds. And this is the زَمَنُ الْمُهْلَةِ This is the, the respite. That Allah has given us the time that you have been given yet to do your deeds. It is possible for a person to acquire what he requires for his abode. And it's mentioned in other ayat of the Quran, it talks about the, the provisions and what you gather and the, the luxuries of this world, that they are nothing of substance. These are only minor affairs, the luxuries of this world, that you take something from, you have your luxury with them, and your comfort with them, but they are temporary, and then they disperse and disappear, just like a person who is traveling, and then he... Uh, leaves his traveling gear at the end of the journey and it goes and disappears. That is like this world. That is how this world is. When a person thinks about his existence upon this earth, all of your life that has gone by so far, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, you have been on the face of this earth, all those decades, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, that you've been on this earth, all of it, it is as though you were only here from yesterday. Gone. All of those years and decades gone. Disappeared as though you were only born yesterday. And just like that, when a person thinks, where has all that time gone? 20 years of my life, where has it gone? 30 years, where has it gone? 40 years, 50 years. And you look back, where has it all gone? In the blink of an eye, all gone. Then in the same way the shaykh says, what is to come yet? The future. Then that will all come and go in the blink of an eye too. Now a person thinks he is 20 years old. Then in the blink of an eye, another 20 will be gone. You will be at 40 if Allah decrees. And without knowing it and recognizing it, you will be at 40. And a person does not recognize that when you are only 20. But then when you get to 40 and you think I am 40 within the blink of an eye, you will be at 60 if Allah decrees life. So just as the past has gone in the blink of an eye all of those years, then the future, that which is decreed for you, will come and go in the blink of an eye. وَيَنْتَهِ السَّفَرِ إِلَى مَكَانٍ آخَرٍ لَيْسَ مُسْتَقَرًّا إِلَى الْأَجْدَاثِ إِلَى الْقُبُورِ وَمَعَ هَذَا فَإِنَّهَا لَيْسَتْ مَحَلِّ اِسْتِقْرَارِ لِقَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَلْهَاكُمُ التَّكَاثِرِ حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ We did that before. So then the journey will come to an end. When the person's life comes to an end, his journey will come to an end and you will enter into the graves. And that will not be your final abode yet. The resurrection will occur and then 
the final abode will occur thereafter. Sami'a a'arabi rajulan yaqra'a hadihi al-ayah al-hakumu al-takathur hatta zurtum al-maqabir faqal wallahi mazzairu bimuqimin wala budda min mufaraqatin lihada al-makan that a Bedouin heard someone reciting al-hakumu al-takathur hatta zurtum al-maqabir we did that before that the, the gathering of the affairs has destroyed you until you go to the graves, until you visit the graves. The Bedouin said, by Allah, the one who visits the graves is not going to stay there forever. He will eventually depart from this place. He will depart from this place, meaning he will be resurrected into the afterlife thereafter. And that is mentioned in other parts of the Qur'an. ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ لَمَيِّتُونَ ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ تُبْعَثُونَ That indeed you will die after that, and then after that you will be resurrected on the day of judgment. ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ تُبْعَثُونَ That indeed on the day of resurrection you will be raised, you will be resurrected. So here Allah tells us that the earth will be ground down into a powder. The mountains crumble, the trees down, ground down. And then Allah said, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا That your Lord will come and the angels in rows. هَذَا الْمَجِيءُ صَفًّا صَفًّا اي صَفًّا بَعْدَ صَفًّا they will come in rows, one row after the next, in rows. وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ هَذَا الْمَجِئِ هُوَ مَجِئُهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ لِأَنَّ الْفِعِلُ أُسْنِدَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَكُلُّ فِعْلٍ يُسْنَدُ إِلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ قَائِمٌ بِهِ لَا بِغَيْرِهِ So this is talking about Allah. Allah will come on that day. Allah will come on that day. This verb is in reference to Allah. فَالَّذِي يَأْتِي هُوَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَلَيْسَ كَمَا حَرَّفَهُ أَهْلُ التَّعْطِيلِ حَيْثُ قَالُوا إِنَّهُ جَاءَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ The people of innovation, they distort this and they say, No, it is not Allah who comes. It is just the command of Allah that comes. But that is incorrect and against the aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Allah will come, the verb is referring to Allah. Allah will come, not the command of Allah. فَإِنَّ هَذَا يعني كلام أهل التعطيل تحريفهم إخراج للكلام عن ظاهره بلا دليل For them to say it is the command of Allah that will come You are distorting the meaning out of its reality without evidence فَنَحْنُ مِنْ عَقِيدَتِنَا أَنْ نِجْرِيَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَرَسُولِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم على ظاهره وأن لا نحرف فيه so we, upon the correct aqeedah, we say that the names and attributes of Allah, we affirm them as they are. And we do not try to distort them and change them and alter them. We affirm them as they are, as they have come, as the Messenger has informed us of and Allah Himself has informed us of. وَنَقُولْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَجِئُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ هُوَ نَفْسَهِ So we say that Allah Himself comes on the Day of Judgment. وَلَكِنْ كَيْفَ هَذَا الْمَجِئِ But how will that happen? How does Allah come on the Day of Judgment? هَذَا هُوَ الَّذِي لَا عِلْمَ لَنَا بِهِ That is what we do not have any knowledge of. We do not know how Allah will come on that day, but we know Allah will come on that day. How? We do not know. That is outside of our scope of knowledge. So we do not know how He will come. And that principle applies to all of the attributes of Allah. In all of the sifat. 
it is not possible for us to know how. We do not know how the attributes of Allah are. And that's why it's mentioned, وَالسُؤَالْ عَنْ مِثْلِ هَذَا بِدْعَةً It is an innovation to even ask, but how? Tell me how. How will Allah come? How this? How that? It's an innovation to ask that question and to go into that because Allah has not given us knowledge about that at all. كَمَا قَالَ الْإِمَامُ مَالِكَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ نَسُئِلَ عَنْ قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى الرَّحْمَنُ عَلْ عَرْشِ اسْتَوَى There's the famous narration regarding Imam Malik when he was asked about the ayah Ar-Rahman talking about Allah عَلَى الْعَرْشِ اسْتَوَى that he rose above the throne Allah rises above the throne a man said How? How does Allah rise above the throne? فَأَطْرَقَ مَالِكُمْ بِرَأْسِهِ حَتَّى عَلَاهُ الرَّحْضَاءِ يعني العرق لِشِدَّةِ هَذَا السُؤَالِ عَلَى قَلْبِهِ It's mentioned that when Al-Imam Malik heard this man with that question, how does Allah rise above the throne? That from the severity of what he heard, he even started to perspire. From the severity of what he heard, he even began to sweat. Al-Imam Malik, from the severity of that question. And the impact upon his heart, knowing that we do not ask, how does Allah rise above the throne? How this and how that? We do not ask that. لِأَنَّهُ سُؤَالٌ عَظِيمٌ سُؤَالٌ مُتَنَطِّعٌ Because that is a question where you are delving into something that Allah has not given you knowledge of. وَمَا أُوتِيتُ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا You have not been given from knowledge except a small amount. سُؤَالٌ مُتَعَنِّتْ أَوْ مُبْتَدَعْ يُرِيدُ السُّوءُ That is a question that is delving far, deeper into affairs that you are not supposed to. And it is innovated for you to ask that there is an evil affair that is desired by the one asking those questions. So then eventually after Imam Malik did this and his sweat began to fall from his head from the severity of what he heard, then he raised his head and said to that man, ثُمَّ رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ وَقَالَ أَلِسْتِوَى غَيْرُ مَجْهُولٌ Allah rising above the throne, that's not something unknown to us. That is known in the Quran, in the Sunnah. It's not majhul. That is not something unknown. It is known to us about that. وَالْكَيْفُ غَيْرُ مَعَقُولٌ But how does Allah do that is incomprehensible to us. We do not know how. وَالْإِيمَانُ بِهِ وَاجِبٌ But belief in it is obligatory. وَالسُؤَالُ عَنْهُ بِدْعَةٌ And asking about how does Allah do this or that is an innovation. And that principle or that statement applies to all of the attributes of Allah. All of the attributes of Allah are غَيْرُ majhul. They are not unknown, they are known to us in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah. The كَيْف, how, that is incomprehensible to us regarding all of the attributes. But iman is obligatory in all of them and asking the question how is an innovation in regards to all of them. وَاعْتَبِرْ هَذَا فِي جَمِيعِ صِفَاتِ اللَّهِ فَلَوْ سَأَلْنَا سَائِلٌ فَلَوْ سَأَلَنَا سَائِلٌ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَقُولُ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدِي يَعْنِي آدَمَ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned about creating Adam alayhi salam with his hands كَيْفَ خَلَقَهُ بِيَدِهِ How did Allah create him with his own hand? نَقُولْ هَذَا السُؤَالُ هَذَا السُؤَالُ بِدْعَةٌ It is an innovation for you to ask, how did Allah create Adam with his hand? Did Allah create Adam with his hand? Yes, absolutely, we know that it's in the Quran, we affirm that we have iman in that. But it is bid'ah to ask, how? How did Allah create Adam with his hand? We do not have knowledge of that. قَالْ أَنَا أُرِيدُ الْعِلْمِ وَلَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ يَخْضَى عَلَيَّ شَيْءٍ مِنْ صِفَاتِ رَبِّ فَأُرِيدُ أَعْلَمْ كَيْفَ خَلَقَهُ نَقُولْ نَحْنُ نَسْأَلُكَ أَسْئِلَهُ سهلة هل أنت أحرص على العلم من الصحابة 
If a person says, but I want to know, I want to learn my aqidah in detail, I want to know how did Allah create Adam with his hands? I want to know to learn my aqidah in more detail. We say, no. Are you more enthusiastic about learning the aqidah than the companions? Definitely not. The companions had greater striving, the most of everyone, of anyone in learning this religion. Yet they never asked this question. They strove to learn this religion far more than you. Yet they never asked this question. So you cannot try to use this argument, but I want to learn my religion and know the details. Yes, you do. So did the companions even more than you, yet they never asked this question. So you do not need to ask this question. So then the shaykh explains that in further detail as well regarding the attributes that a person cannot use any kind of argument to say but I'm striving for knowledge and I want to know how. We are all striving for knowledge but the sahaba they were the greatest of those who were striving for knowledge and yet they did not ask this question so it is not for us to ask this question uh, as it's mentioned in many of the narrations of the salaf. Qif haythu waqaf al as one of the Salaf said, stop where the Salaf they stopped. Stop where the companions they stopped. They didn't go into these affairs, you do not need to go into these affairs. Do not think you are going to seek more knowledge than the companions did. So that brings us to the end of that particular section. And the final section then, we'll complete it next time. One more lecture to finish off the final ayat of this particular chapter insha'Allah so we'll do that in the next lesson and we'll conclude upon that for today wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam any questions anything to add alright we'll conclude upon that for today then and insha'Allah ta'ala, next week we'll finish off what's left, the final section of this particular surah.